0: <laughs> there's, you have to partake of the abundance of fruits, oh, yes. right? Yes. Dennis, how you doing, man? Hey, it's been man. a week. Whew. Happy I'm fucking hour.
1: I didn't even send you pictures of what I did today. I built a 600 pound fence door, attach at least 12 hinges to be able to hold it up.
0: Damn. Damn man. Doesn't hinge door.
1: It all hinges on whether or not the braces are strong enough. Not all hinges on the hinges, right? maybe a bit of a creaky proposition but all things being even we'll just see how it hangs we'll see how it hangs
0: that's a lot of it's a lot of weight it's a lot of weight man it's taking you this long we've been waiting for this long but it's a long wait and man the
1: Nazareth, I was feeling about half past dead I just need what a great line that is half past dead lay my head. hey mister Kenny you tell me where a man might find a bed Runch. He just grinned and shook my hand. No was all he said. Well, anyway, Damn. take a load off.
0: Amen. Benny. Take a load off me. Fanny.
1: <laughs> Goodbye to Miss Fanny. That actually, uh, speaking of our last episode in words, musical lyrics are a good a place where the power of words is driven by a need to be pithy and to be emotionally balanced and Absolutely proper, proper English, absolutely consistent with language, not weird shit, just descriptive, hmm. right? Not weird shit. No weird shit. That, that tune is a good one. Another one is Up on Cripple Creek, where the songwriter, who's, is it, I don't know who wrote that for Band. sure, but they n- no, just he, describes moments. Right. The lyrics are just a moment, an image of a girl selling candy in an airport. or
0: Yeah, I, I, I do enjoy songs and I guess at that point they're also sort of poems that are just little the lyrics are or applied shows did you do
1: your did you do your the doors homework no the Jim Morrison homework
0: no I've not wow. done any
1: of, of a poet in motion what happens when poetry collides with rock and roll and you know, Satanism yeah.
0: I, I have read a biography of Jim Morrison and I so I'm very much aware that he considered himself a poet above all else and he was writing he was sitting on the beach in Santa Monica or whatever writing LA Woman and that was a poem to him and that and he never considered himself a singer but then he got pressured by these guys that wanted to make music into Using his lyrics in their songs, and he then became what he became.
1: When he, the night he opened, he wouldn't turn toward the audience. He was so
0: right. rightful, and right, and self-conscious and embarrassed and yeah, yeah, and,
1: and thinking not at all does this make sense? I'm I'm just going to sing my poetry. And the band was so responsive and actually wherever he led them, but they became so familiar that they made the path easy to mark. But some of his stuff was just so fucking bizarre I mean really like what whoa dark place dude
0: yeah he was I think he would now be diagnosed with certainly depression if not bipolar but
1: he was narcissistic
0: and narcissistic and just the the level of just alcohol consumption and as a beginning point uh, not,
1: not by any stretches as an end point Right. He was
0: burning the fucking candle
1: on, on high, and then around the middle.
0: Yes, he had the burner on high and just chuck the candle in right.
1: there. So, uh, to jump into a, a question that I'm just so eager to ask you, did you catch these next to the final episode? Oh,
0: fucking yes, I did. Mayor of Eastwood. Oh yes, I did. Okay. Oh my god, I what an episode! This is the best gonna, one so far.
1: I'm gonna. They're all the best so far. Everyone has been the best so far.
0: Okay much like our podcast episodes.
1: <laughs> right. Which at this point, we're almost fair
0: <laughs> since our starting point was so low, so low. Now. But I have a Hold prediction on, is, uh... to
1: share with you. I won't necessarily.
0: Oh, I have a prediction to, be... to share with you too, Oh, sir. Huh. Okay. So let's jump into this. I did, I did not, and do not appreciate when a show, I want a whodunit to have the answer available. Um, So many whodunits are like, they just don't give you enough information. And oftentimes the actors themselves don't know that they are the assassin on episode one or whatever, but I like a whodunit where you know, where the guilty party has been with you the whole time. And this, How, how
1: long have you known? I've known that it was Billy for three episodes ever since he left the room. And she noticed that his beer was untouched and he was nervous and he left. I knew at that moment, that was at least three episodes ago, that Billy was the perpetrator.
0: But Billy hasn't been with us for that Billy's time. been
1: with us since the first episode, in a very minor role, hanging out with his brother, who's yeah. married to a main, the main character. And he is so non-apparent uh, right. that I'm not surprised that you missed him. But he has, in fact been in every single episode. That's my it, you can you can test it. You can watch every episode again. All you have to do is watch the first one cuz even the first one, you know right. that he's in every one,
0: right? I, I'm willing to grant you that he was there at that dinner party that they had in the first episode or whatever. But he wasn't really present until just recently.
1: It, it's you I don't think that's the phrase that you mean to use. What you're saying is that he wasn't in any way a main or a primary character or focus, and that's just changed. He had a trajectory of increased presence, as you were, and in fact, the director and the screenwriter made the point that we're going to create a guy who, at first, you can't even remember whether he was there or not.
0: Right. And she then over the
1: second and the third... In fact, he laid low for at least three full episodes, and it wasn't until the fourth one, when they were... She's the. Here's the thing, is that she's very insightful, and the camera is her eye, are her eyes. The camera is her eyes. So when she notices the full beer and she notices that he's nervous and puts on his coat and leaves, what we know is that she noticed. What I knew was that she didn't know it right then, but he is, in fact, the one who killed her. And by that time, we knew, we knew that for a while, Aaron lived with that family, with yes. his, with him, and with others. Okay. So, so anyway, I, and we'll get to the predictions in a moment. But go on. Well, by the way, I want to signal the return to St. James Wild Amber Ale. Not a good. Uh, one it of could the best. Yes, they, they should send us some money because if they send us more money than what uh, Schmidtick sends us,
0: then
1: we'll I'll drink this.
0: At this point, they could just send us a liquid. Just so,
1: take a walk on the mild side. And there's yes, a dude down we've,
0: there. Yes, we've discussed this before, and I've searched that label and posted it somewhere. Yes.
1: I want to do it all again. Your journey begins with a single step. I love that. I love that. That's how I feel. It's and probably before. you're
0: triggering me to go in the same direction I did before, but your journey and with that cross on there implies that you're going on St. James way, which is the Camino de Santiago, the pilgrimage in Spain, people that well, wear backpacks and they're talking a, about St. James.
1: Here's something that very well can support that. And I quote, is there a scallop? The path of the righteous beer is beset on all sides by beards that are, frankly, less righteous.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm sure you've read that before. Is there an icon of a scallop?
1: Like the uh, fish?
0: Like the shell of a fish.
1: No, but there is a map and a compass showing north, and it's uh, quite clear that St. James is a location uh-huh. as much as it is anything, but there's a path. To, I don't know. paw. Right up the road from us, paw, paw. you
0: yes, As much as a destination, really. We make it, you drink it, everybody's oh. happy. Christopher Walken jumped in here. Welcome, Christopher Walken, Walken to the podcast.
1: Your journey begins with a single sip. Oh.
0: Okay, hey.
1: Hey, where, where were we? Where were we? Back to back the to mayor of
0: Eastwood. Westworld. Yes, I have questions. I don't understand. Let me
1: help you. Go ahead. Please. First, number
0: one. I don't understand how, yes, she went in and found the junkie, and for some reason, she looked at the bags on the floor and discovered T-shirts yes. about a family reunion. Yes.
1: Do you, and what are you missing exactly?
0: How were those T-shirts related to the junkie and... Why did that? It was because explained. that was the spark that started her asking yes, it, about the reunion, which started yes. to get down to Billy.
1: It was explained during that part of the episode where you probably either fell asleep or perhaps just was more than what you could comprehend and take in.
0: Yeah, I was looking at Twitter or something. Yeah.
1: But the uh,
0: because how are these people Aaron's are family?
1: Aaron's dad, Aaron's father, who shot Dylan, had what's his name? Was it Lester, her brother, Beth, Bethy's brother, right? The Edward maybe. Edward, I think, he came around and was hitting them up for money or whatever. And he said, no, if you want some clothes, you can go and get some. And he told the investigators that it felt pretty good to put them to some use. And he really needed it. And so that's one thing. The reason that she noticed it was because when she was in the room with the dead junkie, she glanced up and looked around the room as she would. She's every bit as observant As Sherlock Holmes, as just so wonderfully portrayed by Robert Downey Jr. in in those series. But Mm. she looks around the room, and she, of course, looks every square foot of the room. She sees a jersey that has Aaron's last name on it. Right. That's what takes her to the bag. And then when she digs in the bag, she sees the reunion, and she remembers the date as the same date that was on the heart pendant that she found where the journals were supposed to be hidden. Oh, fuck Okay. Yes. And that meant there's a connection between that date, that event. And,
0: and whatever hearts, hearts emotional events, caused the her first
1: line of questioning was whether Edward, I don't believe that was his name now, but whether the junkie had been around, that was her first line of questioning. And the answer was no. And then like an exclamation point that might as well have said when you looked at it sideways, Billy did it. She said, where did she stay? And the answer was she stayed with Billy and Dwayne, who I think is the cheating husband. Of Billy, the, what's that?
0: Billy's brother. He's the cheating husband.
1: Who's yeah? Billy's brother. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So okay. I'm ready for my prediction, but you have other questions. So did you
0: miss all that? It was I didn't really follow how that t shirt spawned her digging into things and how about the reunion?
1: Here's one also, of the points about that. Oh, go ahead. It's this is how. These crimes are solved by a coincidence, not by something that somebody forgot or something, whatever, but putting a couple of things together and her observant nature, her astounding observant nature, and then inquisitive nature, of course, led her to, and of course, trained to ask the right uh, questions of the right people. But anyway, I think that was, uh, that was way cool. What's Is that
0: a thing you can be really trained for? I feel like, absolutely. I, f- I feel like, that Absolutely. Level of let me tell you is. how you
1: let me tell you tell you how you train for it there's a bunch of people in a room and the instructor describes something to them about a, a murder or a kidnapping or some crime and then everyone is allowed in the room to suggest who should be questioned and what the question should be and some are better than others right and so what you learn and then is- Everyone submits
0: from, their question, and then the professor explains why, which question is better they, and why.
1: They say, all right, he'll, he'd say, okay, questions, and there's five students. And each one says, my first choice is Johnny, and these are the three questions, blah, 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 blah. My first choice is Gene, the brother, blah, blah, blah. And, they say, and the professor says, so he points to the one that's the best, mm-hmm. and says, let me tell you why that makes the most sense. But first, explain your logic. Why did you go there? And he's going to explain, he or she's going to explain, boom, 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 A equals B plus D equals X, whatever. And everyone Everyone there is going to be able to follow that and say, huh, I didn't quite go there. I went in a different direction, but I can see that. And then they go through it again, and then they go through it again. And what you learn is the logic of letting the facts take you where they take you, not letting your presumptions take you. If the fact is X, if there's something about a bank account, then go to the bank. Don't presume that the bank account was in the hands of the the wife or whatever. Just No, just one thing at a time. Boom, one thing at a time. Logic. If, then this. Decision tree. If, then this. Not only can you train it, but you can map it, and you can train off the map. And you can list under each decision the type of questions that you need. Is there evidence that this is a material person? Is there evidence that these questions are related to a material? And then maybe at the end say, if there was one question you would ask that is not based on material, based on a hunch, what would it be? What's the question you ask when the interview, well, it seems like it's over, but you get up and you walk away and you do what mayor does all the time which is an age-old practice started by the rumpled Raincoat. Columbo, baby. Colombo, where just before he leaves, Mayor does this. Oh, one more thing. What did you... Blah, 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 blah. She did a Columbo
0: where she went back into the house after her partner had left and said, I forgot my cell phone and went in and asked a thing. Yeah, just one more thing. Did you notice how... Brilliantly, I crafted that question to get that response from you. You did something brilliant? Come on. You, were, you, you didn't even notice that I was doing the thing that we were talking about, where I asked you the perfect question, and then you went on for like 45 minutes about whatever the rumbo.
1: 45 minutes. It just seemed that long.
0: With Back to me. I'm so, ready for
1: prediction. More questions. Next. Well, question number three.
0: I was very impressed with how, as we were watching this penultimate episode, how they were tying up loose ends left and right they like it felt like it was almost the last episode like they were deciding that yes the priest confessed to throwing the bicycle away and that he would be charged with obstructing information in an investigation blah blah blah. mayor got given back her badge and gun and everything was coming back to to normal but the before we get to predictions uh, what a great job the they did with the camera to at the towards the end of the episode to keep the tackle box in frame uh, it was always no, no matter where they were looking the tackle box where we knew that there was a, a gun was always kept in frame that was a note that i wrote down but the so the implication that the writers are trying to give us is that uh a cheater husband is taking his brother billy out fishing where he plans to just murder him because he knows yeah. that he's Do you know why to tie up loose ends and because no no come on
1: why is what, what's his name is it ryan
0: no that's too stupid of a name i could look this up but no, doesn't matter. That, billy's brother it's... joe trippett no joe is it no that's the actor's. Name. John, john ross john
1: john is his name in the, in the series i think so yeah okay all right john, john and billy it. so why is john gonna kill billy
0: John is also not a very healthy individual. This relates to... No, I, I want your theory about this. Like, I don't really know. Like, okay, certainly so let me ask you this
1: question, because I'll lead you to this, and I'll lead you to this. Talk, talk to me about the picture. The picture that her girlfriend had that she took from her diaries, yep. and she gave to the police. And at that moment, that image, which was never shown, became apparent to the chief of police. He yelled at his lieutenant get mayor on the phone, blah, blah, blah. I said, do it now, because what was there would somehow change the trajectory of what she suspected. And of course, the chief knew that telling mayor to pull out the side of the road and, go, and wait for backup
0: was not going to work. It was happen. about
1: a to telling her to shimmy up a tree and shit like a fucking raccoon. It just, I mean, was not going to happen.
0: seems like a thing. Kate
1: and what do you think that was a picture of? Because I'm going to tell you, I will tell you what's in that picture And then you will know the conclusion of the story. But I wonder if what you're... What are you thinking now that I've raised the issue?
0: I have not thought about that particular...
1: It's a picture of John and Billy and Aaron. And the reason that John is killing Billy is because he's going to not only confess to killing her, but in so doing is to confess to the triage, the the freaking threesome, that his brother and Billy, menage a trois, that Billy put together and Billy goes off and kills her John's holy fuck you killed her why he was so was he compassionate and saying you got to say the words you Mm got to tell me you got to say the words and he tells him and he says you don't have to worry we're gonna bury this he tells his wife we have to bury this for the family Billy did it he's not protecting anyone but himself but what what does killing
0: Billy solve what does John killing Billy solve what's that what does John killing Billy solve?
1: Billy's the only one who knows that John that John was involved with the dead girl as well. The only one, the only witness. That means that she's dead and he's dead. And there's no witness. So killing him and he would make it look like a suicide. And that's what the gun was in the tackle box.
0: Okay. You want to know my theory? Yeah, I'll entertain it. <laughs> as weak as it likely is. Go ahead. Ye- yesterday, like right after Mary Easttown came out, there was a tweet by a storyteller of some renown by the name of Stephen King, who said, Mayor of Easttown, not convinced that Billy killed Aaron. I have a suspect in mind. I'll tell you next week if I'm right. Great show. Kate Winslet is killing it. And this got me thinking. And my distaste for what appeared to me to be Billy coming out of the woodwork as the guilty person, much in the same way that the kidnapper like, it would have been nice if the kidnapper was someone that we knew, but he wasn't. He was just some local doofus. But the—so, I think that this—it was very easy, the way they roped us into this Billy killed her scenario. And, and, Stephen, I, King and not I'm Is Stephen King
1: notwithstanding.
0: Stephen King notwithstanding. It felt you, awkward are, to are me are, that are, Billy was—like, I hadn't remembered Billy, and then Billy was there, and he was the killer. And— to me for so my, aside with my aside his
1: Are you putting aside his confession to his brother and the blood-soaked clothing? Are you putting it aside? Are you agreeing with Stephen King? Stephen King's talking out his ass.
0: No, and, and he's, he has a right to do it. But the... I didn't like... Before I even saw this Stephen King thing, I didn't like how easy of a twist it felt to have this, oh yeah, it's the it's that guy's brother that, that did it. It felt too easy.
1: But it's so much more than that. And while you're suggesting a kind of a prematurely predictable ending the fact that you are so far off on predicting the ending means that apparently at least for you it's somewhat unpredictable so when you're saying that you're angry because it's just so apparent and so predictable I think it's predictable fact,
0: I'm saying it's a I'm saying it's a cheap trick to introduce a character or to pull on some minor character and say oh yeah that was the one a cheap trick. Well, okay, so re- remember how... What's cheap? Re- remember that Hugh Grant... Yeah, what's cheap about it? Remember that Hugh what's Grant cheap? thing that we watched where the writing oh, was just... Uh, what's it called? The unbeknownst or whatever, whatever it's called. And how they pulled this stuff where it didn't make sense why the character would do this or why they would throw the hammer in the dishwasher or whatever. Yes, there. yes. Uh, do you think
1: there was something in the series akin to that? A, I, will f- I will ferociously disagree, but okay. go ahead.
0: What? I think it was Laurie
1: was Laurie.
0: I think John was also unfaithful with Aaron and Laurie found out and killed her. And I think it's going to absolutely fucking kill Mare to arrest her bestest friend for the murder at the uh, at the end of the well,
1: finale. now, I actually would be thrilled if that were the ending. I would be. That's my prediction. And so I hope, I, is that you or Stephen King?
0: No, or he didn't you? say, he said yeah, I have what? a prediction, he didn't say who. But his doubt uh, pushed my problem with the last episode. To so you know, I, of
1: course, who DJ's father is.
0: We've already tested that it. It's not John.
1: Yes, it's Billy.
0: That would be in line with the murder. We, but, now, we now know it's however, isn't, uh, aren't DNA tests such that the paternity tests, aren't they sensitive enough to, to be like, it's not this person, but it's one of his relatives? I, I feel like I've so. seen that in a, in no, a movie somewhere. No, I don't think but, so.
1: I think the DNA is... uniquely linked to an individual and while there may be similarities between dna of family members those exhibits of dissimilarity are pronounced enough (laughs) that they're definitive
0: beautiful sentence dennis yeah i don't know i feel like i've seen that in a doctor house episode somewhere but (laughs) the so my guess is that billy is a red herring and so right as we left it Mare is walking into the woods where these two men are fishing and there's one tackle box with a gun in it and presumably Mare has a gun as well. And She does now. Right, and she's not going to wake her back up. We backup. never saw the
1: chief give it to her. We saw the chief return her badge. We never actually saw the chief give her a gun. Right. The last time she reached for a gun was in the dilapidated bar where the kidnappees were kept and she reached for her hip and there was no gun. And Ugh. she said, in a remarkable way, she said, no gun. She real. No gun, and then she knew that she had to run and fucking hide. Well, wow. that was the height that of, was a scene of chaos. Now, here's the thing that the director did the screenplay covered it, too, certainly, but the final camera view of her kind of crookedly walking on rocks and alongside the river and closer and closer till her face filled up the entire screen and it was screaming, You don't know what you're walking into,
0: right? That's was-
1: Here's the thing that's going to be remarkable about it. She's going to die. Fuck, really? There's going to be no happy ending with her and what's his name? The writer.
0: No, so the well. writer. No, there is no her Richard. and the writer are Richard. dropping their daughter off at the University of Berkeley. Okay, good luck, daughter. No, no. that's not going to happen. So. No. I would like to believe that it's going to be her arresting Laurie and then just being as miserable as ever. And then at the very last scene, calling the writer and saying, hey, I guess I'm ready to talk to you again. Calling the who? The writer. Still didn't get it. The writer? The Guy Pierce. Oh, oh, oh.
1: oh, Richard. Yeah. Richard, yes. So well played. (laughs) Underplayed.
0: Yeah, he's doing a great job with that. So anyway, those are my predictions. We will... I can't
1: wait for the next episode. It's one of the best things I've seen in a long time.
0: Yes. Rivals I... of the,
1: the, young pope, the, new, the young Pope and the new Pope.
0: Definitely looking forward to uh, watching the final episode. So I'm pretty sure we're going to cover that next time. Next time. Happy hour. Well, so
1: we have a lovely day. It's been in the 80s here. Uh, a little cloudy. Nice. And I put the, the final skin up on the wall. I sent you the uh, image. Could you, you read the insignia on the image,
0: the wall? You sent me one image that was the photo, I and you then you did. sent me another image that was the first image was like four point five megabytes, and the next image was like five point five megabytes because with of it, really it badly chosen barely legible text it's, on it. listen,
1: listen. Let me let me uh, And
0: let me I rolled to, my eyes. Let me get and you to delete. rethink.
1: Let me get you to rethink this a little bit. It wasn't poorly chosen. It was the best of some really poor choices. I tried every single font, every single color, and the one I sent you was as good as it got. And so I, of the colors I, that were
0: available for text on an image, yes. black was not one of them.
1: I tried black, and it was one of them. And it did not work particularly well for whatever reason.
0: All right. There's I, I your used. there's your problem. It wasn't about the color black. It was that you had the opacity turned way down or something.
1: That's what you think. But you're wrong again. In okay. fact, you've been wrong every single time this entire podcast about everything that you've thought about and everything you've said. Yes. So the pattern's there. So I don't... Why would I not
0: continue to I, I, right. on this path? I don't and let's just move on to
1: the next subject because this is
0: it'll go nowhere so this is just to be clear this is the follow-up to your slab gate where you were so not a big is, hole in your house and let
1: me tell you let me tell you the tragedy that occurred oh jesus it's well and, and the for slab nobody g-day. else but me it's very personal but and so i had the theory as you recall i'm going to put on a thin coat of mud and then i'm going to put on a coat with uh, some crushed stone in it that's what so do every it matches the the kind of bumpy feel of the existing stucco so i did it as planned and the first time I started to put the mud on. There were so many stones in it that it was like trying to stick stones to the side of a building with a little bit of concrete. So I had to add need three mud quarters. with stones,
0: not stones with mud. Yes, you stoner.
1: I know, I know. And then I added three quarters of a bag, an eighty-pound bag is hard to pick up, but three quarters, and that gave me a consistency that was stickier, and I was able finally to press it on to the slightly dampened first coat. And I finally got onto a pretty good formula and I was able to do the entire, I mixed one more set. I was tired to do the entire wall with the three concrete bags, two two and three quarter concrete bags that I had. So I didn't have to unload any more from the truck. Then it was flat because I used the trowel to push it on and flatten it. The house isn't flat, the house is lumpy. And as you may recall, but probably don't, given all are. Your, some of your competencies, is that the plan was to rinse away some of the concrete so that the bumpy stones appeared. And the relative inconsistency of the crushed stone compared to the relative consistency of the pea stone was the bottom line assumption of what I thought would be quite an improvement. I couldn't have been more wrong.
0: The cleansing left more innate troubles than it cleansed, like... You wanted to get rid of all of your demons, and yet all you did was get rid of the lacquer that you'd put over your demons, and they became more visible.
1: Well, that yeah, yeah, that's true. So let's talk about your wall. Here's the technical detail. When you're using crushed stone, that means the substance that you're applying to the wall is a mixture of larger stone, medium sized stone, small stone, and some stone that's big enough not to fit through a screen on a screen window, but -hmm. not like sand. Because this stone that I used, we literally screened it through a a screen from a screen window and screened out all the sand. Pre-screened. Got a wheelbarrow full of sand. When that mud with that mixed stone mixture was mixed into the concrete, it did not mix up totally symmetrically so that it wasn't like, For every two square inches that are three large stone, there's just the same Mm. 20 smaller stone and then some tiny stone, so that when you rinse it away, you're rinsing away something that shows you consistency, not at all. Instead... It's not a homogenous as it would. And over on the right, it looked like mostly really fine stone. And then some places Uh. in the middle, it was an overabundance of big stone. And then in other places, it was somewhat consistent. So when I sprayed it with the hose to wash away the concrete and show the texture. Oh, geez. I saw at least a dozen textures. And what I love about it is it looks like it's when it's painted it's gonna look like it's the oldest part of the side of the building.
0: Because whoever did this did not know what they were doing no, four hundred no, years ago.
1: No, because it looks so worn out from wind and rain and whatever. And some deeper pockets where it really I could imagine. In it's, fact,
0: there must have been some the history. House here.
1: looking like this because it is this unique, where the application, right, once painted, would make the house look like it had been two hundred years old. And in fact, it's, it's brand new. You're so far from perfect
0: that it looks old and shitty.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. What I don't like about it is, and I said this to my wife, I'll give you a hint about what I don't like about it. I told my wife, I said, look, I love what I've done here. It seems to me to be more art than construction. I plan on putting (laughs) a a small, I plan on putting a small wooden frame around it and painting it different colors because it is in fact the Dennis mural. It is a mural. It is an emotional connection between to the spirits me of the house. and this house. Yes. And I'm thinking reds, oranges, yellows, just a hint of fluorescent green in the background, and she looked at me and she said, no, and she changed the subject. And that was the end of the story.
0: Yeah. Oh, so there you have it. So, so when, it, you, when you describe that, jobs where, I'm imagining spreading chunky peanut butter is my, that's right. Where my brain goes. That's so. right. And now, you thing. can't control where all the chunks go. No. Like, they can't, because... So one, let's take
1: that a step further. Let's take like, that a step further.
0: W- w- randomness is... Random. W- but, yeah, but we, as humans, we have a really tough time guessing what is random, because if we see a thing and we, and our brains are, are, like, immediately go to there being a pattern there, we say, this is not random. But, in fact, true random stuff has these patterns that can be detected. Right.
1: So. You're, and, and, and let me take this in a little strange direction in that when you're looking at a pattern of a pattern, that's, it's, it, this is random. So if this is random over a, of, over a square foot, then might as well assume that random pattern will repeat itself at some point. But let me reject all of this as just, oh my God, water under the bridge. And let me tell you about when I went to go pick up the crushed stone. The guy behind the counter said, oh, I see what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. He said, and I said, well, I think I may have to sift it because there's obviously some sand in there. And he said, yeah, you could do that. Just any screen will do. And he said, we have some that's cleaned, and it's over here. And there's these little bins that are six-by-six six square, little cups of round wooden square. Uh, and you reach in, and you can feel the gravel that that, that is for sale. Mm. And it's cleaned, crushed stone. It didn't have any of the fine particles that I saved or any of the medium-sized particles that I saved. It was all the large-sized particles. And this is what I said to him. I said, no, I don't want that because I want them to, there to be Variant. more randomness with the sand and the smaller stone. I want those. I'm right. thinking wrongly that what I was saying was I want that inconsistency of size. I'm thinking that it's going to be showing itself in a consistent fashion. Mm. He s- was trying to sell me the final solution that's why my house looks the way it does is because pretty much it's not pea stone which are all about the same size which doesn't look bad but when it's clean crushed stone each of the pea size stones in crushed stone has a different shape some pointed some oblong some square some diamond shaped unlike pea stone which uniformly is shaped like I'll let you guess
0: beans Specifically Legumes I'm going to go with
1: Letter of the alphabet Frijoles Elemento Elemento Dear Watson Elemento, Elemento What you tell me What you say So just as a warning
0: Don't go Using the term Final solution Around very much That's been taken Oh yeah, okay This weekend we had Two of my son's friends over And one of my daughter's friends Over for a sleepover Party
1: was there a party of some kind?
0: There was a movie that was watched. Uh, sleepover? It was a sleepover. And initially, it was one of my son's friends, and that initiated my daughter to say, that's not fair. I, my, my friend needs to come over, too. And at that point, we were like, okay, basically, with our children's close friends, we're all in the same fucking COVID bubble as they are no matter what. So, fine, have them over, take off our masks, whatever. Let's breathe in each other's mouths. And, and then my son's best friend, not the one that was going to come over, but an even closer friend, got word that there was a sleepover, and so he got himself invited as well. And so we took on the task of managing three extra children after our own two, and it's turned out pretty well. With, with eight-year-olds, we spent the afternoon and we went up for a long walk and we got them tired such that then we gave them dinner and a movie and they more or less conked out after we put them after we told them to go to bed It, it worked out well but what I wanted to highlight was my eight year old son had this understanding of politics and human emotion that sort of blew me away the room that they slept in has is the room that's normally he and his sister sleeps in and they have two single beds that are joined so there's one sort of bigger bed and that's where they normally sleep but then there's this other bed aside in the room that usually is just for throwing dirty clothes on yeah and so my son came up with the idea that he said look this was days before the event occurred he said look both of my friends are going to want to sleep in this in the joined bed with me, so it makes sense for me to, the most fair thing is for me to sleep in the bed apart from them, and they can sleep in the same bed together. Hmm. And that level of understanding of their desires and how to be fair to both of them, while also giving up his own, because... I think my daughter would have been and many other children would have been like, well, I'm going to sleep in my bed and you guys can fight over who is going to sleep in right, the other two beds. Right, right. But he took the initiative to say, look, these two are, are both because they're coming over to my house. They're going to want to sleep next to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to decide that, no, I'm sleeping alone on this other bed and you guys can both sleep on the other bed. And that level of cognition and, just social thought blew my wife and myself away of how can you be so aware of what other people are thinking and desiring and the most fair way in a way that you are giving up something to appease to make the most civilized solution just i was very pleased and i wanted to mention that
1: yes i yeah it's it's great he he could be a future employee of the un he's always and plus with his multi language, his multilingual capacities capabilities, that's important. That's important. Yeah, I, I've always he learned more languages than the two he knows now.
0: He is reluctantly going to French class. French. Where... Well, I don't know
1: why he force French on him. What if he starts acting like a Frenchman? You'll never get him clean again.
0: <laughs> there is there is that, but uh... so
1: every now and then the uh, your face freezes on the screen. I don't know if you know this. I'm not sure if I'm freezing. But it's interesting that it looks like a photograph of you, and because we just no, not like that. Oh no, put your shirt back on. God, when did what? you put those in there? Are those implants? Oh God. Yeah. Tassels. How disgusting. Uh, jiggle around like this. Twirl, baby. What about my freezing? So, so I went. I will. I will show you some. You've been complaining about anything I send you. Because of the size of the files and, and no, I save them and then I delete them. You complain?
0: What's that? You just delete them? I save the files and oh. I delete the emails.
1: Oh, so I went into a place called Hot Cat last night, which you've not heard about this place, and they've survived the pandemic. And when you go up inside and you go into the bar, there's two bar seats. Then there's two tables pushed together against the bar, so nobody can sit there. Then there's two chairs and two tables, two chairs. So they cut the number of bar seats down by two thirds, because every table would ordinarily hold two seats of that space. They took out half of their tables, and instead of 50, 60 drafts, they had six. Hmm. They still had their full menu. I was struck, I'm always struck, and this is what I'll send you pictures, of the artwork, because it's this iconic rock figures. Mm. painted in the most vibrant way with real thick paint on it. When you touch the painting, it's a real depth
0: to it. And How do you perceive... I'm, when you see a painting, do you just go and rub yourself against it or what? Parts of me. Parts of me. All depends. Well, Why don't you? I mean, so, I've never so, I start touched with my nipple my to a Monet, but... I start with my fingers, then my hand. And then That's I may it.
1: go directly to my cheek, or I may go nose, then cheek.
0: Okay, well, you know, to each their own way Each to their own. It, it, until start having people start with, until we start getting like Arpit hair on our Picassos and then it's okay <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> nice. nice for some reason <laughs> <laughs> happy trails to you before we meet again happy
0: trails
1: to you that's
0: it for episode number 112 You can find the show notes, meager as they may be this time, at happyhour.fm slash 112. You can help support this wonderful show that you are enjoying week after week at patreon.com slash happyhour. We would love to hear from you there. And just be good, folks. And we'll see you next week.